This portion of the John DePietro Show, it's brought to you by Lawn Doctor, your best lawn ever guaranteed. And I can tell you with my own experience what a fantastic job they did and have done with my lawn. The easiest thing to do is log on to their website. It's LawnDoctor.com. LawnDoctor.com. Put in your zip code, your best lawn ever guaranteed it's lawn doctor of rhode island you can call them 401-392-1025 but log on to their website lawndoctor.com you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com well i am very pleased to report that Senate Minority Leader, State Senator Jessica, Jessica De La Cruz has now jumped into the game and is speaking out about Zamborano. Now, it did clear this hurdle now, but concerns remain. State's Housing Secretary won approval, moved to start at least 10 families into these cottages to form a homeless village in Boroughville. But the senator who represents them is concerned. This is Kathy Gregg with the Providence Journal. In an interview given after the approval, State Senator Jessica De La Cruz voiced concerns about the lack of basic information. Finally, a Republican whose district stretches over Boroughville, Gloucester, North Smithfield, De La Cruz says she's concerned about hospital population and the unhoused population not yet clear about the basics like access to transportation for unhoused people moved to this rural part of the state and the safety of the hospital staff and patients who have privileges that allow them to roam the grounds the garden and the lake are we taking family units or are we taking individuals will there be wraparound services she asked noting the cottages have no kitchens she also questioned how the families would eat. Noted the long-running fire code compliance problems in the state in the hospital kitchen. State nonetheless relied on provide food cottages were last used. Will it hurt or affect the patients at Zamborano? That's my number one concern as a senator for Boroughville. How is the state responding? Well, they said the answer to those questions, uh, they're going to have further talks. Listen, they don't have any answer on that. Transportation. Families that self-select to move uh, may have a vehicle. Listen, here's what they need to recognize. They want to get them out of Providence. Governor McKee told his people, I want them out of Providence. Get these people out of Providence. I don't care. Go put them in Boroughville. Get get them out of the, the armory. Get them off the steps of the statehouse and just ship them up there. And then we'll figure it out. They could eat at the hospital. I don't really care. But just get them out of there. So, but this, the, w- there are many problems along here in, involved with this. And, you know, this business, the cottages need minor repairs, uh, timelines unknown. Like, can you believe, folks, these people have these state jobs? There's, there's nothing proactive. They're so slow. They were last used for quarantine during the pandemic. Cottage is also used by Phoenix House, substance abuse recovery, adolescents and teens. Cottages need minor repairs. Do you understand these people have been living on the street? Uh, you know, it could be weeks or months before they're ready. Like, are you kidding me? Just get some crews up there and do it in a day. Ridiculous. And the fact of the matter is, I believe State Senator Jessica De La Cruz, I don't think, for number one, okay, finally, she is speaking out. But I would argue she's not asking the right questions and she's not making strong enough statements, such as, what's the number? Now, I want people to keep in mind that the McKee administration, you have to look at where they were. You can't just take them at their word. Where were they? Well, they were going to put 500 homeless pallets in Cranston until the mayor of Cranston and the uh, elected officials in Cranston and others raised their voices and made 
you know, lack of a better phrase, but a big stink about it. And then McKee paused that idea. That doesn't mean the homeless pallets went away. That doesn't mean the idea didn't go away. So what you need is a foothold. What I'm being told is Zamborano, this is just, let's get a foothold up there. Let's just get some presence up there, and then we can, you know, figure out and do the rest. But I believe some of the questions, and, and she did this after. These were comments after the journal. This is after. They're already moving forward here. So her comments to Kathy Gregg came after the hearing. But I think some of the questions should have been asked is, well, what? how much is this going to be capped at? Is this the beginning? Is just this the start? How many? How many people are going to come? So you're going to put these people in these, quote, cottages. Where are they going to eat? Of course that makes sense. Um, and on top of that, there's something much larger here, folks. And I want you to understand this. Listen, it's not that I'm not, I'm not sympathetic or... You know, everything is it must lead with compassion and everything has to be about compassion. And they're having a problem right now, right in Providence, um, off the highway, off 146, where a homeless encampment has set up. And everything they say is, well, it must lead with compassion. Nothing can be done without compassion. But the fact of the matter is, and the Zamborano problem here is the state's basically adopting these people. Because look at the way the questions are. Well, who's going to transport them back and forth? And who's going to feed them? And it's like you're getting a new infant that you're bringing home. So where are they going to sleep? And who's going to feed them? And who's going to give them transportation? I mean, is there anyone listing that is comfortable with the state moving into this role? I, I, can't, I can't believe in this day and age we're moving into these discussions. And that's where you get the entitlement that comes in. Because the more you treat it that way, the more these people feel like, well, I'm just going to sit back and you need to find out who's going to put the food in my kitchen and who's going to drive me to Providence to see, you know, do whatever. And who's going to do that and who's going to do like this is that like, what are they talking about? So now they're completely going to be in charge of these individuals. I don't. I, I am completely against this. So I don't think this is healthy in any way, uh, the direction that this is going to go. And, and now this new encampment, Channel 10 has the story, now this new encampment in Providence. Folks, you didn't have this years ago. But don't you understand what's happening? The state is basically saying, you know, we're going to give you this and we're going to give you that. And you can do it. You can make it. And then we're going to provide food for you for this. And we're going to provide food for you for that. Here's the uh, NBC 10 piece on this latest homeless, homeless encampment. About another homeless encampment in Providence. Nearby residents are afraid and a local nonprofit is worried about what they're all calling a sad situation. Good evening. I'm Patrice Wood. I'm Gene Valisati. This is in the Charles section. And that organization in distress tonight has been helping the needy there for decades. Now it needs help. As NBC 10's Cal Donowski tells us live tonight in Providence. Cal? Yeah, good evening, Gina Patrice. As we're speaking, a Ward 4 public safety overarching meeting is actually wrapping up right now where residents could come and voice their concerns about public safety just in general. But one of those topics and one of the things that a resident did bring up to us was growing concerns over a homeless encampment, which if you look right back there, is tucked behind those trees. Uh. I mean, people shouldn't have to live this way. Concerns over a homeless encampment in Providence's North End. Vincent Marzullo runs the Da Vinci Center on Charles Street. He says in recent weeks, there's been an uptick in tents, trash, and debris by the West River. And those living nearby have told him they're worried. I'm concerned about the individuals who are living in those tents and have various issues and challenges of drug addiction, mental illness, just down on their luck. And, and at the same time, it's creating fear and stress for the residents that are here in Charles Place. Is this the way we really want folks to live and be treated? The encampment is also close to Isaac Hopkins Middle School. Providence City Councilor Justin Royas says he's talked at wow. length with locals who are worried about this. The truth is there's there's Oof. kneels. Some folks have described feeling harassed. There are serious concerns. I'm not here to fear monger, especially when there are folks 
who are in desperate need of housing and they're living through dire circumstances. During a public safety meeting Tuesday, a Charles Place resident who didn't want to show her face or give her name shared her experiences with the encampment. Starting fires, making it all look nasty and hours of the night they're back there just yelling, screaming fighting with one another. Every day is a struggle. A man who didn't want to show his face either says he's lived by the river for a year and a half. When you have situations like this where people are, like, stopping and, and hungry, you know what I mean? They get desperate, you know? And that's just the way it is. Um, but in all in all, we, I know a bunch of good people around here. You know? Well, folks are, are, are really going through it. And so we need to approach this, I, I believe, from a place of compassion first. Hmm. You know, as far as the fires and everything, the fires, that's a problem. That is a problem. Boy, can you imagine that's your council person? The truth, the truth is, he's got his bowl cut there. Um, hey, Dutch boy called. They want their hair cut. They want the pink can back. Wow, what a mess, folks. And McKee has no solutions or plan. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go into 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining us, he's the managing editor for AnchorRising.com. It is our friend Justin Katz. And Justin, I'd like to start off, and you uh, brought it up and it came to the attention. I thought it was a good flag on the uh, Wall Street Journal took issue with former Rhode Island governor, now Commerce Secretary, Gina Raimondo, and I, I think them, I think them calling her out did not get the type of attention, perhaps maybe that it should have been the local media, where she's now almost godlike and always, you know, praised whenever her name is mentioned. But if you'd just be so kind as to just kind of illustrate a little bit of the backstory here, right? So Raimondo, I mean, the Wall Street Journal and other major newspapers meet with government officials and just to get back. You know, interview in the back room, make sure they understand policies and get to ask some questions. And she told them with the CHIPS Act, this is her one of her flagship things where she's trying to bring chip making back to the United States. She insisted there were no, there's no social policy. They were not going to use this economic policy, industrial policy as a way to, to pressure anybody to do anything on social issues. And it's just not true. Um, for one thing, they're, they're requiring major uh, disclosure of child care policies. So that this is a major, this is a big danger that, that, you know, business friendly writers and thinkers care about that, you know, government will give out a lot of money and then use that to, to change people's social attitudes. And she basically, from what they said, lied to them. It wasn't a hundred percent truthful about that. And they were just calling her out on it on a, I guess they have a Sunday show on Fox news uh, yep. where, where they do a, a miss of the week. And that's what, what was the miss of the week. And so this is, I mean, actually with the wall street journal, a kind of a, an ongoing thing for her. They also said similar things when, when they wrote kind of a scathing editorial some years ago regarding the Providence schools and the, uh, the study showing how horrible they were. She had m misled them a bit back then as well. And so, so it's an ongoing thing. And I think you, you point to the interesting thing. Nobody mentions it around here in, in the media. You'd think this would be something they would catch and highlight, uh, but they don't. And I think that relates to, you know, in Rhode Island, she was able to get away with this kind of thing because the media was on her side. They liked her. They, she was up and comer. They didn't want to upset her because when she's president one day, she'll never call up the local press again, you know, if, if you were mean to her. Uh, so it's interesting to see how she's how she reacts to these this sort of alternative view. You you can't ignore the Wall Street Journal. Maybe she could blow off Fox News or something, uh, you know, sort of like they butt boycotted WPRO for a while. Uh, but the you can't blow off the Wall Street Journal, and, and so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how she moves forward, especially uh, with her particular brand of of Democrat 
politics where she's trying to triangulate and be the economic friendly version. Um, so that it, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. But I, for that reason, as you say, it's just surprising nobody notices these things because it, it is very telling and right in the heart of her, her sort of persona. Yeah, I think I don't know about they don't notice it, uh, but there's a difference of notice it and, and write about it or point <laughs> yeah, it out. That's true. Uh, because then that cuts into, you know, it's about access. It's about access. It's about, hey, if you don't do that next time something comes down the pipe, I'll give you a tip on that. Like that's it's about access. So I, I'm not convinced that they don't know about it. I think they just then choose not to write about it. Now, staying with social media just for a moment, uh, Justin Katz. Um, if you and I were sitting a list, if someone said to us, you know, what, what do you think some of the problems of the children of Providence face? Now, this is just would be my list. I would say, well, being, you know, Providence schools with the worst with COVID as far as that's Randy Weingarten's union and the lockouts and they would not go back. And it was a major, major problem. But you could talk about, OK, single parent homes, violence in the neighborhoods, very underperforming schools, some of the worst test scores actually in the country with lack of proficiency. I would say violence in some of the neighborhoods, graffiti, uh, and I think under Mayor Lorza, homelessness, panhandlers all grew in the city. And so the abundance of drugs available, I, I would point to those as some of the factors that if you're a kid growing up in Providence and, you know, looking for a playground and you also have people from foreign lands moving in, ATVs roaming the streets at night, fireworks in the summertime, all of those things I think you could point to it that it's not the most relaxing atmosphere for a child to grow up on. No one would uh, confuse it with growing up on a, on a farm in Vermont. But Justin Katz, would we ever say that, that Snapchat is the reason for why this or these social media companies? You want to talk about a money grab. The way I envision this, and I want to hear your thought on it, but you have Patrick Lynch and Jeff Pine, and they go to Smiley and say, you sign off on this. You will take a third. We'll do all the heavy lifting. And to me, this is like the next gimmick of they want to hit up Brown University and some of these other, you know, schools to try to get more money. But to 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 sue social media companies is if that's what's contributing to children in the city of Providence. I, I, I find it. And again, I don't know how much money's at stake. I'd be willing to bet a lot. And then whatever their third is that they're going to take, 35 percent. Um but this this is like another gimmick to me. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, the what they hope for, I'm sure, is a settlement where they don't, they don't have to prove anything. They just, oh, yeah. you know, we're, we're giving you bad press, so you give us some millions or billions, probably nationally, of dollars, and and we'll we'll go away for now. Uh, but and that the the way this sort of, I mean, you see that with. Uh, you know, class action lawsuits and all sorts of things uh, where it really gets insidious is with like this in Providence go uh, government getting involved uh, because it, it becomes almost like an extortion and it's, it's very convenient for, for the politicians as you, as you, your long accurate list of problems for kids in, in Providence to try to blame Snapchat, Snapchat as if oh. you're doing something about it when your, your education still system is still terrible. You know, the, if you, if you calculate the margin of effect, education is by far larger than Snapchat. I don't, I mean, yes. Snapchat can be a problem, but it's not, it's not on a level of a failing school system or gang violence. Uh, so these things are, 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 it's, it's just a distraction that's convenient for politics. But, you know, I've, having been in, in kind of think tank and advocacy world, I've, I've seen how this happens. And so somebody somewhere came up with the idea and starts yep. going around state by state, city by city, looking for people to sign on to it to make it a, a bigger deal uh, so they have more leverage in the extortion. And that's, that's basically what it is. And, you know, that, that fits right in with, on a Democrat side with the way Rhode Island just generally operates with inside. Yeah. What do you want to do? Oh, how did you figure out your grift? Okay, that sounds good. I'll chip in. And then, and then you'll owe me when I'm running for Congress, or however it works. I mean, that's that's pretty much you know cut and dried how this how this game works. Yeah, and it's almost Justin to me. It's a little bit like the speed cameras that you know when East Providence says to sees Providence and says, "How much are they making off setting up these speed cameras and giving out tickets around school zones?" So suddenly, boom, it becomes a cash cow there, and then all the communities start to pick up on this. But there's there's a larger point. And again, folks, our segment is Politics This Week. With us is Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Justin, to me, once again, you know, the children 
the, the adults have no problem using the children of Providence as pawns. You know, we we would hear constantly with and we're about to hear it again with this teachers union contract. It's all about the kids and these poor kids. And they have to, you know, trot out the old photos of the school and the ceiling tiles falling and a broken chair. And it's it's always about the kids. It's incredible. The adults in Providence have no problem using these as children just as chips. And now it's to shake down these social media companies because that's really what it is. And you're right. It's get on the list. Let's get a windfall here. And we're going to put up these Providence kids as collateral, even though I, I fail to see any benefit that would come to the children of Providence. But when you think of the kids that live in Oneyville or in South Providence or Silver Lake or wherever, and to think that somehow TikTok is what's adversely affecting their life, uh, compared to what's going around, you know, in their neighborhood, in their home, outside their window, at the schoolyard, it it is just laughable to me that that somehow they come up with. Well, the problem for the the children in Providence are these social media companies. Well, and not only that, but you you can use social media responsibly. I mean, it's, yes. it's hard. It's an addictive technology. But if if you were to train or teach. And, and raise children who could use them responsibly, you'd be killing two birds with one stone. I mean, that, that's me to me is the obvious solution. Kids are use, misusing these social media. Well, let's see how we can make kids stronger and more resilient. Uh, the problem is that they like these grips. I mean, as you say, they're using, they're using the kids, but on a, on a progressive side, they'll use anybody, homeless, right. drug addicts, minorities, anybody. They, they need a victim so that they can put that victim forward and collect money on their backs. That's basically how the whole scheme works. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorizing.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Next time you have an emergency, think AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. At Med Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At At Med Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families they're on duty at all times they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical now if you're in a car accident go to atment urgent care avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms they also do adult vaccinations laboratory testing atment urgent care when it's an emergency 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right, in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, online at admedurgentcare.net. Our segment is politics this week. So, Justin, um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that Officer Lugo now did go through the Leobor hearing. He was the Providence Police Officer. He was at the State House last June. Big uh, abortion protest rally because of the Supreme Court, and then he got into an altercation. He was trying to break up a fight, and then he ended up pushing. He never punched. He ended up just open hand defending himself against uh, that Jennifer Rourke. So I'm very curious to hear. Leobor has now just given him a ten day suspended sentence. He is not fired, and. The report came out. I found the coverage of the report rather curious, especially the low profile nature of one outlet that when it first happened, they were jumping up and down and doing backflips that they had the five second clip. Um, for anyone that read the Leobor decision, which I have posted on Petro.com, Commissioner Perry said he basically voted for termination based off that five-second slow-motion clip, hello, slander uh, lawsuit. But um, I, I want to hear your uh, Lugo evaluation now that uh, the dust has settled. Well, it's... <laughs> I, th I think it came to the right outcome. What's, what's kind of a tragedy here is there definitely, I mean, there are multiple tragedies, but on the Leobor front, uh, 
there definitely is need of reform. I mean, we've seen police officers yes. in, in communities who, who steal or do this or that or the other thing. Right. And they just kind of walk with their full retirement and get their vacation pay. You know, they, you could be stealing time and you'll still get your vacation pay when they get rid of you. That's kind of ridiculous. But in this case, I mean, you've got the city against them. The, the former police chief actually in, in his letter to Lugo a, a year or so ago basically lied about the the events i mean yeah. he said he just he hit somebody and then walked away no he hit somebody and then was tackled and pummeled by the mob i mean that's, yeah. that's kind of a pretty big lie for the police chief to be telling so you've got the system wanting to, to get this guy and so it really does show the need for some kind of of protection for police officers who are often in these kind of awkward situations whether they're on duty or not i mean when when you see a fight and he, he was trying to jump in to break up a fight and by the way so now Officer Lugo has gone through the entire ringer. He's gone to every, it's, it's almost like, you know, just bringing him along to all the authorities. And they all said, well, I can't find anything to, to ping you on. So I'll, I'll let you go. He's been through that whole gauntlet. And we, we still never hear about the, the guy who we've got a full image of him That's from right. the videos who Green sucker punched Adidas, somebody. Yes. Yeah. They, he sucker punched somebody. Yeah. Uh, started beating him up, started the whole thing. He's, he, yeah, who cares? Whatever. But Lugo's now gone through the entire ringer. And I'm, I'm glad that they found that. I do think he should be considering uh, defamation suits against people who've said things about him and right down to uh, Bill, Bill Bartholomew, who did the, who cut that video. And I mean, yeah. it, was only, it was only five seconds because he slowed it down to make That's it seem right. like much more. I mean, if you watch the context of the video and, and I've actually gotten in arguments with, with the local media about whether that's legitimate and they're all oh, yeah whatever that's fine yeah, yeah okay i could see slowing it down in you know when you're on tv and you have on one side you you show the full clip and then you slow it down to show the action and because you're clearly digging into the detail it's not like social right. media where you you take an image and that's what goes viral and a hundred million people see it and maybe a yeah. hundred <laughs> click through to the longer video i mean you there's a different there's a different standard I think our, our legal system needs to dig into. Uh, but yeah, so, so Lugo's, Lugo's through it. Uh, unfortunately, we're, we're, it doesn't seem like the Rhode Island Inside Club and the media is going to learn the appropriate lessons here uh, because it's still, they're, they're making it about Leobor. And it, partly that's because Black Lives Matter and the activists are, are giving that uh, them opportunity by protesting as if it was obviously wrong. And I think that's another important point too, is the, the whole the identity politics of Black Lives Matter, it is very French Revolution and very, very, you know, Alice in Wonderland, you know, verdict first, trial later. I mean, they, they know in their bones he was wrong. Nothing could, nothing could be excused. And so it must be a corrupt system that even if it comes down to saying justice itself is corrupt, they'll do that just because they want a different political outcome. You know, excellent point. And two parts about that, Justin. Number one, you know, you're exactly right. It could have been a one minute clip have the five second in there almost like a football play where they show them going in real time down the field and then they slow it down at the point of whether you know someone stepped out of bounds whether or not they the ball hit the the turf whatever and then go through the whole thing because in real time they would have seen the fight breaking out lugo jumping in and then the way he was attacked after that what was also missing to me from the coverage and again for those who haven't read it i haven't posted and i I posted a lot of it, but what's missing to me in the aftermath, Justin, was Jennifer Rourke lied to the state police, not once, several times. And then she was called out with her lack of credibility. And, you know, she said that she she didn't touch him. She did touch him. She said that she was pushed from behind. She wasn't pushed from behind. She said she wasn't grabbing him. She was grabbing him. Um, what, what is your thought on the fact that there was there was essentially no local coverage or anyone knocking on her door or putting a microphone in front of her saying, hey, you know, it turns out that you lied to the state police. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you could really see the, you know, the undercover Tim White comes up and knocks on your door and he's got yeah. the tablet right there. And he's showing, here's the video of you grabbing him. And you told the judge you didn't. What's up with that? You don't, you, you don't get that. And what it points to to me is that we really, at this point, we really do have a two-tiered justice system. People yeah. like Rourke, uh, progressive especially, but especially, but minority, uh, progressive generally, but minority in particular, you, you just, this, the standards don't apply to you. <laughs> you just, you just, it's, it's sort of like we talked about with when, uh, when there was some criticism of, of some of the legislative, the minority women legislators and they, they um, 
was it a called them somebody called them fierce I'm fierce on the fierce yeah. pose yeah the fierce and pose then, and, and, and they, they complain there should be no negative coverage of us exactly uh yeah. mac was yes there, there should be no negative coverage and she didn't just make that up she's she's not really the queen just sitting there decreeing that's her lived experience with a media yes. like we have in rhode island she, they expect that's the way they're going to be treated and for the most part they are and i think you see that here they want this outcome they love that they had a rhode island story that made international news and went viral oh look at us we're, we're on the cutting edge of we've, we've got a corrupt white supremacist police officers here that we can talk about and we can advance our progressive women uh that that's what they want and if the story isn't isn't going in their favor then you know that's a that's an issue and this comes up it's very broad i mean it, you see the, the journalists have their little uh their their celebrations and they give each other awards and a most impactful story that kind of thing and it always bothers me because maybe you maybe the impact of your story shouldn't be the thing maybe social change based on your story shouldn't be the thing because if that's the thing when you see news that is not going to advance the cause you won't report it and i think that's that's right. basically what we see here whether it's homeless people or or progressive politics it's just yeah well we can't really report that because then our story won't have the social impact that we want and that's where you get into just very dangerous ground and no people stop trusting the media and people start believing whatever and you get division and and things start to really fall apart quickly i think just in case i do follow you obviously on social media and i i was uh I was actually amused at how you were pointing out the hypocrisy of at the state house. They, they, there they are, these photos, and they're actually celebrating, quote, reproduction, reproductive equality, and they're celebrating and smiling. Isn't this fantastic? We passed that now if you're a state worker or medic, that the state will now pay for an abortion procedure. And I'll tell you, Justin, it, it, it's so beyond the pale. They don't even realize like they're tone deaf to just the, the optics of it are terrible. And it should point out they're even wearing red. Um, and I want to just give you a moment to touch on that. Well, it's really, I mean, it, it's much deeper than that. It, it, it becomes, it must, it's like a cultish ritual or some kind yeah. of some almost religious because they'll, they'll go and they'll take these photos about, yay, we're now going to taxpayers will have to fund abortion, which is, you know, killing unborn children. Let's be clear about that. Uh, and then they're wearing red. I mean, that's the color you pick when you're talking about huh. abortion. And then the next day, I think it was a representative Cano, I think the next day they've got photos from some, Oh, look, we just got, we just got money for a, a mothers and children's uh, services, you know, for, for yes. mothers. Like what, you know, I, I, I mean, it's just, all right. I, I could, I can have an argument with somebody who has different beliefs in me and comes to different conclusions about abortions. You can have that discussion, but isn't it kind of an obvious thing for people yeah. to notice and ask, Hey, representative, just yesterday you were celebrating abortion. What's what, how do you connect the dots between that and trying to still celebrate motherhood? There's something not quite right here. And it, it's just not a question that's explored. And I think it's not explored because at the end of the day, they know, they know they can't, they can't reconcile that. And so they, they don't, they just pretend it's just, these are just, they're just all kind of religious slogans they put, they put out there. And, um, you know, it, it reminds me, Justin, in, in, um, in, 20, in 2014, when Gina Raimondo first ran for governor, uh, the fund campaign really, to me, missed an opportunity. It was in, it was in mid-September. She actually did a fundraiser photo op press conference inside Planned Parenthood, inside Planned Parenthood. And, and someone actually brought a ch an infant there, one of the people, and they're, they're smiling and laughing and in, a, in a dark form of humor. One of, one of my listeners at the time put the caption should have been, Someone saying, how did that one get away? <laughs> but, but, um, but like just totally tone deaf to the situation. I also just want to quickly hear your thoughts on, um, to me, the Republican Party should be banging down Ken Block's door saying, you've got to help us fix our voting system. It came out that in the aftermath of 2020, he very quietly, Ken Block was contacted by the Trump administration. He was paid almost $1,750,000 to explore and look into uh, if there was any elements of voter fraud. Now, I mean, to me, I know Ken, consider him a friend. I talk to him. 
to me, he was always kind of a never Trumper. Um, but but I'm just curious uh, your your thoughts on hearing that because to to me, I mean, that just solidifies to me that Rhode Island is sitting on an election expert that I just, I just it's my belief the Rhode Island Republican Party is not in the legislature of the state house are not utilizing enough to try to get our vote election system back back on on par. Well, I, I, I think that's correct. Uh, but I, I think there are probably multiple reasons for that. First of all, like the, the insiders don't want to get it on, on par. They right. don't want to they don't want to look too closely. No. And I think that's one reason I mean, Ken's analyses, whether in Rhode Island or nationally, from my understanding, keep coming up short of, of proving any statistical uh, right. fraud. And you never see anybody digging into his methodology. I think that's because the media and uh, the political insiders like the conclusion. And so yeah. I, mean, I have my suspicions about it. But uh, you never see real uh, deep exploration. Good point. Um, but on, but for the Republicans, I you know for all I know they have Ken's a, a peculiar guy in in, yeah. in our political system, and uh, in some ways it's good. I mean, obviously he has integrity, and he told you know I think it was the Providence Journal. He said, "Yeah, I, I took the money because it was an opportunity to access tons of data and answer yeah. an intellectual question. So I'm going to work with even though I hated Trump, I think he hated Trump. Even though he hated Trump, he he, he said, okay, I'll investigate this for you.' And I I don't I know him kind of a little bit, and having watched him for a while, I I don't think he would falsify his findings. No, he doesn't. No. Like, and and that's a, that's a rare quality. But on the other hand, he he's he is basically a progressive Democrat who act on, except that he understands economics. Uh, so that's that's basically. So he he's, he's very he once said, oh, his hero was Bill Clinton. Uh, you know, he he said if if in this in the recent articles he said if if i had been asked after january 6 i wouldn't have done it that's well, right why not i mean yeah. if you're, it, what's what's the difference there people you know people can let's let's say for the sake of argument that the the rally shouldn't have been held on january 6 which was the part that the president was involved in or and certainly people in going in and destroying parts of this this capital was wrong and went way too far uh, but the but the idea that some people in a movement, I mean, think about what strikes me is think about it. What, what they're saying, what Block was investigating is stealing an election. And what is it is it inappropriate to be to not to get out of control, but to be, you know, aggressive to have rallies to i mean if somebody's stealing your government right yeah that seems like an appropriate response and so sure. there's Good just point but ken has these has these kind of knee-jerk oh no I, I never would have done it if it was january 6th and <laughs> it, it's sort of like the tea party not tea party like literal like wine party you know where, where he doesn't want to be at that cocktail hour and somebody says oh you did that investigation even after january 6 you know that he still has that kind of pulling back i still want to be accepted as a as a well-meaning progressive uh, person in, in barrington so I, it's possible i mean long long story short it's possible i think that um the gop might go to him and he'd say yeah I, i'm not really i, I don't want to get involved sure in now i I want to just interject. So back in November, um, he went after me on social media and, and to, you know, listen, we had him on the year. We kind of hashed it out. But I said, and what he took offense to was I said Fung shouldn't have conceded because he got 4,000, quote, mail ballots, even though we're not, they're not mail ballots, they're ballot harvesting. And Magazina got 14,000. Fung one day of voting Magazine. So I, my point was, Fung should say, I'm not conceding. He's clearly, he got 14,000, I got four, and I, I want to investigate this. And my point was, it would draw attention to it. It would really flesh it out because it affects Congress. It, who knows the legs it could pick up? But, and then he, oh no, you know, the important thing that he did the right thing, you have to concede. And my argument was, though, you know, at least that that was a golden opportunity, Justin, in my eyes, for Fung to let let's really flesh out what happened here. Like this is ridiculous. I one day of voting by whether it was seven thousand votes or nine thousand votes, and then this guy got fourteen thousand mail ballots. So at the end of it, I'm not saying it would have overturned the election, but that was a golden opportunity to really shine a light on how out of control this ballot harvesting was. But he he took real exception and and I could even find it. But he, he was really upset uh, in, in saying that I was, un, again, the word like undermining democracy by suggesting that. 
Well, that's, um, I mean, that, go ahead. That ties right to his saying he found no evidence of widescale fraud in the, the election in 2020. I mean, sure, maybe in a statistical, maybe that outright fraud, but the even Times Time Magazine had an had an article about how they actually did steal the election. I mean, you had yeah. all the large big. You had social media killing stories we now know are true, like the Hunter uh, Hunter Biden laptop. You know, uh, kicking Trump off social media. You've got changing the using COVID to change laws without the appropriate process uh, in the nick of time. So yeah, maybe it comes down to, and you don't have to do a whole lot of outright fraud, but there's so much wrong with that. And that is what is undermining democracy, not people saying that is wrong, that we should be saying that is wrong. And that's what, what I find so scary is that the people, uh, you know, the sort of that upper tier of people who have the connections and power and money to them, it's just, Oh no, that's, it's, it's wrong to say anything we've done to advance our interests is, is wrong. And I think that's, that's where we're, we're, we're in a big, big trouble. And, and Ken's frustrating because he does have integrity and he, he is smart and he does understand economics and some political principles and civic principles. But yet when it comes down to it, he's part of that tribe. And it's, that's just the end of it. Folks, again, our segment politics this week. He is Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorizing.com. Justin, excellent job as always. And we'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. Talk to you soon. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401 885 4209. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You could always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Now, on the presidential front, how about this? President Trump is going to do a town hall meeting on CNN. First time on the network since 2016 now there's a lot of different that's significant for several reasons number one it shows a new cnn uh cnn sees an opportunity fox is weakened with the exodus of tucker it's a way for trump to expand his base now there's some people that may question that wait a minute trump's going to do a town hall on cnn well keep in mind in 2016 one of the reasons I believe, and we've talked about, that President Trump won the nomination and then won the presidency, he was getting coverage on CNN, MSNBC, and Fox. Now, I think the ship has sailed with MSNBC, but CNN sees an opening and an opportunity there, and President Trump does as well. Fox is wounded by Tucker, and the ratings are showing that. However, by going on CNN... He reaches a different audience. I think people will tune in to CNN. And no one could took more of the brunt of abuse than CNN did. But Caitlin Collins is going to um, host the town hall with President Trump. She's a good reporter. It's funny. I met her, Caitlin Collins, in New Hampshire in 2020 at the Trump rally in Nashua. And that was the night before the New Hampshire primary before the pandemic and everything came crashing down. So it's really significant that President Trump is doing this because he's not going on Fox and he's kind of been at war at Fox and it's a way for him to get major exposure. I think CNN is going to get major ratings out of this Um, and probably it'll be the highest rated segment that CNN will do in quite some time. CNN has new leadership. They just fired Don Lemon. They want to reset. I think CNN for the 20, 
2024 presidential election. They want to be in the mix and they want to turn the page. And one of the ways, look at how the two, two that kind of need each other. President Trump, because of the Tucker Carlson thing, he wants to expand his base outside of Fox. And he wants it something different than Newsmax. And there enter CNN that needs some ratings. They want to have the Republicans on. So I think this will follow. CNN may do a town hall meeting with Ron DeSantis. They may do one with Nikki Haley. CNN realizes it's in their best interest to to be able to get just in, and get the Republican candidates on as well. Not from what we understand, Governor DeSantis is not going on MSNBC and NBC. Now, as far as the race for 2024, the governor of Virginia, Glenn Youngkin, he has announced he's not running. I think and, and I'm not sure. I think he's a very effective, would be a very effective candidate. Um, again, he won a brilliant election against Terry McAuliffe to become the governor of Virginia. I think he, he just does. He's kind of doing the wise thing. He doesn't see a lane. I'm not saying there isn't a lane. He just doesn't see one. And maybe they poll it and look at it and they say, as long as President Trump is a force and is in line, then then what's the point here? Right. Glenn Youngkin. The guy's, I think he's 55. So you you sit tight, say on the sidelines, and then you wait for 28. The person that's really struggling to me is Governor DeSantis. He is. Um, it's very possible he's not ready for prime time. It, maybe he is Scott Walker. A lot of people were, you know, as I've said, you never know till you see them on the debate stage. You can't count out President Trump. I think the CNN move is is really smart on behalf of president trump and it's also really wise on behalf of cnn so it's going to be nine o'clock on cnn in new in new hampshire and this is a chance that cnn might beat hannity and think of that i think president trump makes himself more attractive to fox by going on cnn and cnn is then going to see an opening here um maybe you can't be fox but you could certainly be an alternative and get some of the Republican candidates to come on. So you have people both kind of need each other. President Trump needs CNN and CNN needs President Trump. And thus, think of that. President Trump, of all the Jim Acosta and everything else, fake news, and President Trump is going to do a town hall meeting on CNN. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors, they specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation, Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401-580-1852. Based in Smithfield, Limitless Outdoors. They also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces. Limitless Outdoors. Call them today. Free quote. Get the most of your outside. You're going to love what they can do for you. 401-580-1852. 401 401- 580-1852 Limitless Outdoors Dream, Build, Enjoy Falcon Pest Services 12 months of the year you could have a pest problem serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today 401-739-1322 Free consultation 401 739 1322 locally owned and operated serving rhode island and southeastern mass they offer services for termites bed bugs ants roaches mice rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests call today for a free consultation whether it's for your home or a restaurant maybe it's once a year maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401 401- 739-1322. Residential and commercial, whether it's an office building, a school, a hotel, a restaurant, or your home, call Falcon Pest Services today. Free consultation, 
739-1322. Thing to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok, plus you, if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dipetro.com. Get your driveway paved. J. Perry Paving. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 25 years experience specialized commercial paving residential paving seal coating call for a free estimate today 401-732-1730 j perry paving hey learn about the benefits of asphalt paving whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway it's affordable smooth safe to drive on aesthetically appealing asphalt can be recycled reused j perry paving a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs no matter how big how small contact them today for a free quote 401-732-1730 what a difference it makes for your driveway for your business parking lot j letter j j perry paving 401-732-1730 online at jperrypaving.com and look for them on facebook remain healthy stop it and see marie at it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland you can also look for on facebook but call her 401-305-3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like ice honey maple syrup beef fresh gum over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices plus hemp and cbd products natural skin care it's my health pop in and see marie 1099 mendon road in cumberland there's things for your pets there's things for your children there's things for your health stay healthy at it's my health 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie 401 305 3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor, your best lawn ever guaranteed. And I can tell you, with my own experience what a fantastic job they did and have done with my lawn the easiest thing to do is log on to their website it's lawndoctor.com lawndoctor.com put in your zip code your best lawn ever guaranteed it's lawn doctor rhode island you can call them 401-392-1025 but log on to their website lawndoctor.com <laughs> 